With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel Jacob. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and you can follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And with me always, I got some guests. First, we got Miami Flash PE. Say what's up to the people, Flash. What's going on, everybody? Uh, follow me on my at Miami Clutch PE on Twitter. Uh, see a bunch of heat takes, either good ones or bad ones. And uh, anyways, you follow me and I'll follow you right back. And then following him, we got Mr. Jimmy Buckets. Not the real Jimmy Buckets, but still someone fun to have on the pod. Say what's up to the people, Jimmy. We got an impersonator in the house. What's up, guys? It's uh, Jimmy Buckets on Twitter. Not the real one, not our MVP, but it's Jimmy Buckets with four Zs on Twitter. Follow me. I'll follow you right back. And then right after that, we have a new addition to the pod. Say what's up to new. Say what's up to Heat vs. the World audience. Our newest member, Jewel. Say what's up. Hi guys. And then following that, we have a very special guest coming back for another episode from Seven Ninety to Ticket. You can catch him on the Tobin and Leroy show. He's the main leader of the Gym VP propaganda. It's great to have you back, man. Say what's up to the Heat vs. the World audience, Mr. Brendan Tobin. Thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, enjoyed it last time, so I'm, I'm glad to do it again. Man, thank you, man. So Happy to have you. So without further ado, let's get started. So let's talk about this most recent game for the Heat. As a lot of you guys know, the Heat ended up losing to the Nuggets and really was kind of a discouraging game to watch. I mean, it's crazy to think that you stayed up till 10 o'clock just to watch it. Let's just go around and hear your guys, you guys' opinion. So we'll start with you, Flash. How do you feel about last night's game? I mean, last night's game was basically a carbon copy of the Suns game, wasn't it? Really good yeah. first quarter. Really good first quarter by the Heat. They showed the defensive firepower that they have, the elite defense that they've been playing, and then just fell off a cliff completely for the rest of the game. It didn't help that... Michael Porter Jr. had the game he was having and seemed like they didn't miss a shot. Like not not just him. It felt like the entire team didn't miss the entire game. They shot they ended up shooting about they ended the game shooting at about what 60%, if not like very, very close to it. Oh no, they actually yeah. went down. I'm looking at the thing, they went down to 53, but it certainly doesn't feel like 53. Um yeah, Jokic had his game, like I didn't even realize until I looked at the stat sheet now that he had a triple-double. 
So that's something I, I really didn't even know. Aaron Gordon was playing well. Everybody just played well for the, for the Nuggets. And for us, we had Jimmy, who only scored 13 and 9, but he had his three steals. He played really good defense as always. He started off a little slow because his ankle didn't – I don't know if it's right or not, but he kind of started picking it up when he started, like, just flying all over the court for steals and dunks. Um, Bam, after everybody thought – the sky was falling because he only took six field goal attempts. I think he came back with uh, 16 field goal attempts. He only had three field goal attempts in the second half, which isn't ideal, but at least six, 16 is better than six. But just the problem here is the team just – the bench is not, has not been good. Tyler can't be scoring five points a game and expect us to do anything. And plus, we didn't have Goron who people say he's been falling off and he's not that good, but I probably would have been hell of a lot better than Gabe Vincent. So, yeah, that's kind of my, like, overview of the game yesterday. It was it was a disappointing loss, like, just two in a row and having to stay up at 10 o'clock to, to finish watching at midnight at 1 o'clock these, these beatdowns at the end. Not ideal. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jimmy Buckets? Oh, uh, yeah, I hate these late games. It- messes up my sleep schedule <laughs> it's uh it's all right but i it's just kind of an expected loss it just sucks that it occurred the same exact way as the phoenix loss looked to me like like a uh, great first quarter uh defensive and offensive not terrible in the offensive game three point lack of three point shooting lack of tyler hero uh defense not there the second half I'm not sure what the organization is supposed doing right now as far as lineups because it looks very weird to me, especially when – I mean, I know everybody wants to hear this, so I'm just going to go ahead and get this out there so I don't have to talk about it again. But Dwayne Dedman played, I think, five or six minutes. He had five rebounds, assists, uh, two blocks, and three points. So – uh, as far as like a precious backup, that I think that I mean I know that's not going to be our problem solver. I know it's gonna, not going to be the end all, but as of right now, we're looking like a first or second round exit. So unless Oladipo goes and bays in miracle water, I don't know what we're going to do. So that's my take. <laughs> and then, Mister Tobin, what about you? Uh, I think you guys made a lot of good points on the game. Uh, definitely the frustration was uh, how similar it was to Phoenix and that you, uh, you know, like you, you felt good for, for the early going of it. And, uh, you know, it kind of just all fell off a lot. You know, both had really bad offensive droughts and bad second quarters. Um, I think the only thing I'd, I'd really add to it is I didn't think at the start of the road trip after seeing how well they played against Portland, I didn't feel like uh, they were going to miss Victor Oladipo like they did because Vic had such a great game before he got hurt. I mean, it really was uh, such a great sign. But mm. I think we're seeing the trickle-down effect of what he could have meant for the team because I think that coming out of last night, it really wasn't a very unfamiliar feeling with what the season's been. There's been so many of these games, it feels like we complain about the same things, the same critiques. I know people are getting mad at Bam for saying the same things after games. Um, and, you know, you really just look around and it's kind of the same problems. Like, you know, Tyler's inconsistency, 
lack of bench help, getting muscled up on, on teams that are a little bit bigger. And so even though Vic's not a big guy, it still, it still, I think, spreads everything out a little bit. It lets you, you know, it takes pressure off Bam. It takes pressure off of Jimmy. And not having that extra, you know, reliability there of a guy of his talents because of his injury, I think uh, maybe is showing itself a little bit more than I thought it would, uh, especially after how the road trip started off. For sure. So, you know, as we move forward, I'm a question that someone, one of the fans wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you guys and see how you feel is, what gives you hope that this Heat team is just going to be able to flip a switch or go on this deep playoff run? So let's see. Jimmy Buckets, you want to answer that first? That's a funny first question to put me on the spot because that's almost like an oxymoron right now to me. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Maybe I know we're both religious. And like I said before, Depot and Hollywater, but. Maybe maybe we'll have a, a second coming and some 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 higher or divine power will help us out because I, I don't think the team that we have constructed right now is going to do anything besides the first or second round. I in my book, unless Oladipo comes back and even if he comes back, he would be a shell. But we've heard no no news. Uh, of course, we're not going to hear any news from the Heat, but no news and no anything. So we don't know. And if it, even if he comes back, who knows what it'll help. Ariza has been so much better for our team as far as our team as a whole. And he's played so well. But the thing is, you really can't even tell a difference that Ariza is there, even though he's there and putting up great all around numbers, great purrs, great stats. Uh, he's playing amazing uh, and on both sides of the ball. And one thing that baffles me is you cannot tell a difference. I mean, I know we don't have Oladipo right now, but even with Ariza in the starting lineup, we I can't tell a difference. So I don't know if that's just me being a stat nerd or me being an Ariza fan or anything, but I'm not sure. Also, Heroes played like crap, and Dragic is a shell of himself. So we need something. I just don't see us getting past round one or two as far as I am an optimistic Heat fan. But I'm just like a <laughs> – and then what about you, Tobin? Um, yeah, I, I'm still not at this. Uh, I'm still not at like a panic level with uh, with where they're at. Um, I still think that they have, you know, two star players who translate the playoffs really well in the in their ability to switch, their ability to defend. The game's going to slow down. Um, with Boron, I think the thing that's going to help in the playoffs that's just not there in the regular season is the amount of rest that there's going to be. Um, that's a huge, huge change for them is that they're going to have some time to, to game plan opponents, all that type of stuff. So as opposed to these games where they're kind of getting blitzed by like Joe Schmo off the bench, <laughs> like that, that I don't think is going to go from game to game. I do think that he, like if somebody has a freak game where – you know, they blow up. I do think that, you know, they can they can scheme to take some things out of. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that there's still a level where you can give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt just because, you know, before they got to Orlando last year, a lot of us were frustrated with just how big a difference and what a stark difference it was in this team between who they were at home and who they were on the road. And people just couldn't figure it out because they looked like two completely different teams. 
and a lot of that changed when they got to the to the bubble. But even the bubble had some of its uh, struggles before the playoffs started. Um, so I, I still I still think that to a degree they're they're a little bit better than their record says they are. They have dealt with a lot of stuff this year, um, and you know it just is what it is. Like it's been a year where I think that there's uh, there's some teams that have gotten to benefit from you know just getting through some stuff a little bit cleaner. Some teams are playing for the regular season a little bit more. Um, and, and Miami, I don't really feel like they have, I don't feel like Jimmy's had a lot of panic over it. Like here's tone after games. He's not like this, you know, I think a lot of people would have the impression after a bad season, he'd be like this very angry guy, very even keeled. He does not panic. He's taking this all stride really well. I don't really think they care about seedings. I think they'd like to avoid the playing round. Um, but yeah, I'm still, I'm still optimistic that, you know, this, this team, can still look a little different in the playoff series than they do in the regular season. For sure. And then, you know, another question that I want to bring up, it's be- and the reason why I want to bring it up is because it seems like everyone mentions how Miami needs this, they need that. You know, everyone has their own opinions about the needs this Heat team needs to um, keep an eye on. So with that being said, a question I want to ask you guys is, is there any needs that need to be filled that the Heat can address right now looking at this current free agency market? So I'm not talking about, like, this upcoming offseason. I'm talking about, like, players who Miami can sign right now. Who wants to start first? Uh, I'll go. Um, so I know we've seen a, a report, I think it was yesterday, about Isaiah Thomas being a, a, a name that Miami's interested in. Maybe maybe a guard just to fill that 15 spot that could produce something. But I don't really think what the Heat need is outside help, especially with what's available. I think they need some deep soul searching because some not recently, but I, I've also seen some of the games are like have been just effort losses where they just don't show any effort on deep on offense. Instead of that crisp ball movement you see is just sometimes just standing around or or just for example the other day I saw Trevor Ariza isolation play which was weird to me uh, so it's just I think it's just some soul searching that he needs to do into what they want um I'm happy that we have a player and we have veterans on this team like like Jimmy and Goron that can handle the load in the playoffs I, I still think Goron can because he seems like last year he seemed to have that ability to flip the switch when it came to the playoffs. So I'm happy there. I don't think we really, with what's out there in the free agent market, I know we can still sign somebody because the deadline was only for wave players to wave the players. Um, I don't think we need. I mean, I would be cool, but because he can score. But than that, I don't really see a name out there that's even worth pursuing. What about you, Jimmy? Yeah, I agree completely with uh, Miami Clutchby. I don't see a name really worth pursuing out there. Nope. RHJ got picked up. There's really not. Cousins got picked up. 
Uh, other people got picked up. There's really not a name out there that stands out to me at all. Uh, Isaiah Thomas, uh, that's okay, but that's just offense. That's no defense. He, I'm taller than he is uh, by like three inches. So, I mean, it's if he can play in the NBA, God dang it, give me a little bit of speed and maybe I can too. But, no, I don't really see anything else out there. Then, Tobin, what about you? Uh, does uh, Michael Beasley tickle your fancy? He's looking really good on IG. Uh, 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 only if we're 420 friendly, my friend. <laughs> nah, it, it, you know, we're, uh, we're at the Beasley. point. Yeah, like I, I, won't, I, I won't Beasley. I mentioned this on the last pod. I was like, if the Heat only were 420 friendly, we could have Michael Beasley, a 6'10 power forward who loves us, loves our system, and would fit well. I'm not just saying that he would feel well. What, right, Tobin? You're the—I mean, you know more than I do. Beasley would feel well with this team on a reserve unit, correct? I love Michael Beasley. Like I take him uh, in a heartbeat. He's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's <laughs> one of my favorite players. I just have always got a special place in my heart for him. I don't know how much Mo wants to uh, to go to that well again. Um, so you know, I—I I don't think it's likely. Honestly, I, I think that they are at this point right now where they're probably gonna do what they can to work Deadman in a little bit. Um, but I don't, you know, suppose to this, you know, he spent, he said when they made the signing that, you know, he's at the same place where Trevor and Andre is. I don't, I don't know if that's true because I mean, Trevor basically walked, you know, right out of, right off of the trade where he wasn't playing and right into playing for the heat and playing big minutes. Like they went and trusted Trevor reason right away. Uh, and Devin's been here a couple of days and it took until the second blowout to even give him like, you know, just a little bit of run to, you know, get familiar with basketball again. So I don't know how long that, that whole process is going to take. And I don't know, you know, how many matchups he's going to even be busted out with uh, during the playoffs. Um, quite frankly, they, I mean, they're fortunate that, that, that Trevor's been as impactful as he has with, the fact that they basically got him for nothing because Myers was was done for the year. Yeah, they they got Trevor for a middle schooler, you know, like basically, and uh, is that was a great pickup. Like what a, what an incredible yeah. pickup. And, we know Mo Hart, Mo Hart was, middle school prospects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um and because then you know looking at the needs, you can say this team has to look at. You know, one thing I want to bring up as sort of a question is because this goes to you, Clutch, because I'm mean, you, Flash, because a lot of people have been talking about, especially in the live chat on the Five Reasons channel, how, oh, we need a big, why are you guys not bringing that up? So is there anything you want to tell the people who are, who are going to listen to this and wonder why we still haven't talked about how we need another big? I, I love how this is directed at me because you know, <laughs> Uh, you know, I don't really, I don't think we need a big, uh, I, I'm a big fan of the, of, of your show, Tobin. So I know Leroy would hate me for this. Oh, I don't, Jesus. I don't think we need a big, I think people are too obsessed with this big man thing. And I think when, when Devin got signed, I tweeted, hopefully the people that have that big man fetish are satisfied because <sighs> Miami, I don't see the big as a as a need because I think we have one of the top paint defenses in the league. Our problem is technique on rebounding because we just give up everything. 
when it comes to rebounding, I guess. And the problem is just because I think it all comes down to the scheme of the switch defense because a lot of the time, Bam ends up on the top of the key, so he can't get to that rebound. So it's it's down to Tyler or Jimmy to to snag it down, Duncan. So I think this, the problem about rebounding is more of a scheme thing just because of teams are starting to figure that out and they they pull the big guys out, they pull Bam all the way out, they pull when his pressure's out there, they pull him out because of the switch defense. And so when it's rebound time, there's an open lane for, for a player like yesterday, for example, Aaron Gordon to just come back and slam it. I'm I hate to be that guy. Like I I actually like Dwayne Dedman, but I, I didn't think he would see a single minute for the at least for the first two weeks. And I think that would have been the case if we didn't get blown out. Uh, th- thanks to the Heat for that, because I had to change my profile picture because of a bet. <laughs> uh, but Jesus, I don't, I don't find the need for a big man to be as big as people think. I think we, we would have probably looked for a, for a wing more to, to help with the switch defense. A big wing, uh, a mobile six nine six ten guy but mobile, not a seven-footer who's just going to stand in the paint with his hands up because he doesn't fit the defense because he, you're going to bring Dwayne Dedman out on the switch. He's going to be guarding the perimeter just like everybody else, and he won't be able to get a rebound. He, he played really good yesterday in those garbage minutes because, let's be honest, people weren't trying anymore. And the switch defense and all that, they, were, they weren't trying to exploit like they did earlier in the game. So Dedman was always around there, but... Yeah, I'm against it. Like, I, I don't like it, but I see why people think that would solve anything, but I don't really see it. Yeah, that's me. All right. Yeah, because I just, I just needed you to speak out on that because then there's going to be people who's going to be in the comments being like, oh, how are we going to do against these teams and that? And I know people are especially heated on this topic, especially after last night when we got out rebounded like crazy. So thank you for answering that. God, I can't wait to see the comments. (laughs) Oh yeah, I mean, I, I, I listen. We did, we did get out rebounded, but Devin was the only player in our team with a plus minus other than KZ Akpala, and I believe he had six or five rebounds in five or six minutes. One of the two, along with a couple of points, a couple of assists, a block. Uh, I believe Devin should have had precious minutes. And also, I believe that Spo's play calling knee, or in, in lineup rotations needs to take something uh, different. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. I know we play zone this game. We don't play zone this game. We rotate this lineup this game. We rotate that lineup that game. It's just like it's, it seems like inconsistent inconsistency to me and it seems like the more that we play especially on road trips especially on back-to-backs that we look more tired and more out of it than our normal system than we do at home or after being prepared or after this or after that but i understand we just got a new player that was a major focal point of our offense and also just lost him in the same instance so that could also be a hard hit on the team as far as how they're game planning and stuff and how they you know, operate and initiate the offense and defense on both sides, or, you know, or offensive and defense on both sides. I'm not sure, but that's just my my stuff. Throw it over to Tobin. 
Yeah, I mean, from I, I agree with a lot of that. I just don't think that, uh, you know, I just think back to those days of the big three where people were so obsessed with going to get a center. And, you know, we were, like, going crazy over Eric, uh, over Eric Dampier coming here and Eddie Curry and just Greg, Greg Oden. Oden, you know, like, all of these things. And, like, Josh McRoberts. Yeah, none of it ever, uh, none of it ever mattered. They always ended up playing, you know, LeBron, Dwayne, Chris, and then two shooters. Um, it, you know, it just, it, it was always the same thing, and we obsessed over this. And when it's going to come down to those important minutes, I mean, most likely at the end of games in the playoffs, it's going to be Jimmy Bam, uh, Tyler, Andre Iguodala, and then you know, I guess depending on Victor's health or Goron's health or whoever's there. It's not going to be another big. It's it's. I don't even care if it's Joel Embiid out there. They're not. They're they're not going to go that route. It's, uh, it's just not how Eric Spolstra operates. He doesn't. Uh, he doesn't roll with that. Where he's going to go with two bigs that can't shoot or space the floor. I mean, maybe the elite gets in some kind of shape and is uh, is is more in flux. I don't think that they see him there yet. Maybe he's in a matchup they like a lot better, but. You know, I think we get crazy about all of this stuff and we're looking for some elixir and you think that, like, hey, maybe somebody would walk around like Chris Anderson. Chris Anderson was, like, below, like, 10-day contract. I came in. He was amazing with the team. He gave you those 15 to 20 minutes. That was always incredible impact. The guy never missed a shot. Um, that was always around the room. Yeah, like, it's just... I just don't think that move is out there for him. Um... They got they they you know there there are two things that could really help. For. One is that Victor is going to be able to be able to play in the playoffs. We'll see. Um, and then you know really I think the other big thing is they're they're three they're three shooters, and, and the guys putting in that category are Goron, Tyler, and Duncan. Those guys were so all world and made the offense amazing last year. And they need them to be that if they're if they're gonna be on what they were last year. I think those are what because you have your two best players who aren't guys who get the outside shot. They penetrate, they put pressure on the defense, you know, they get to the free throw line and they have to set things up for those guys. And if that happens, I think that we're not gonna be thinking about who the big men are and who's this guy who's coming in who's playing a, a, a token ten minutes to give them give them some relief. Um, I just think we get way too crazy about this stuff. Right, right. 1,000%. Yeah, 100% right. That's perfect. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, and then moving forward, but, you know, aside from all the needs, so let's now, like, focus on players that we're working with right now. And one of those players is none other than Victor Oladipo. So we didn't talk about this in the last pod. However, we're going to talk about it here. Um, not too long ago, as a lot of you guys know, Oladipo got injured in the game against the Lakers. And, you know, a lot of people are worried, you know, because there haven't been too much reports out. And we don't know if the silence is a good thing, if it's a bad thing. And a lot of people are thinking that it's indeed a bad thing. You know, so I want to get um, y'all thoughts on this. So we'll start with you, Jimmy Buckets. How do you feel about this Oladipo injury right now? Um, uh, um, Heat Nation optimally 
or what's the word like optimistic i'm like 100 percent optimistic on this or i like i'm hoping for the best or whatever the words are i can't even think about it you just threw me on the spot like and with vic that's a situation i'm like so in touch with but i hope that everything works out for the best but it's his history with his knee and his quad it does not look good also with our shady reporting which we're notorious for it does not look good uh, i can't find any dirt on anything i've been digging in every hole i can and i cannot find anything about it from the organization from my friends from people who are intertwined with the organization i can't find anything out about it so i can't find anything more than twitter can find about it so i'm optimistic as a diehard heat fan but i'm worried as a uh actual optimist so i'm I, I'm or like a realist, not an optimist, a realist. I mean, it's just, it doesn't make sense. A lot of the stuff that's happened to him and I just hope he's okay. And maybe he'll take like a vet man next season and we can get Kyle Lowry. <laughs> 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 yeah, y'all gone. Y'all gone. That, that's not happening. I don't think that's happening either way. No, 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 never, never. A, he's going to get a cool I, 15 at least. A cool 15, um, yeah. Right, so <laughs> here, here are the facts that we know about Victor Oladipo, right? X-rays came back negative, which is kind of obvious. He kind of knew he didn't break anything. MRI, I, I saw somewhere, and I'm pretty sure it's legit too, it showed no structural damage to the knee, which is good. I think that's what made the Heat put, put out the diagnosis, at least in the report, of knee soreness. But and we know that Oladipo is seeking a second opinion. So that's what we know. But the, normally in these situations, I would say no news is good news. But this is the Miami Heat we're talking about, and the Heat don't tell us when things are drastically wrong. We we thought, I'm pretty sure we thought a uh, Justice Winslow injury was going to be a couple weeks, and and he didn't play till the next year. So it's kind of like you got to find the balance of being a Heat fan and with the trauma of what the Heat have done before with the, with the injury reports and just think of what it is now. I think Oladipo, I want to say he's, it's not that bad because of the way he took off. Uh, he took off and finished the dunk. If it was something terribly wrong, you, you saw what happened with Jamal Murray. He could not even get high enough to attempt a shot, right? He went straight down like a sack, like a sack of potatoes. It's it, it so, on the way up. Yeah. yeah. So, and all of the people got hurt on the way up, but he was still strong enough to finish the dunk. That's no, something try. that gives me, that's something that gives me positivity about this. I, I do think we'll see Victor again. And I, I, I actually do think, and this is not me being a doctor or a professional or anything, but my gut's telling me that Victor, we might see him at least a couple of games before the season ends and he'll be ready for the playoffs. But that's maybe this is me being hopeful. Um, Tobin, I know that, uh, you know, you, you've been around in the in the Zoom interviews for the Heat with the players and Spo. What sense do you get from them about Victor's injury? Man, they're not even touching it. Uh, like you guys alluded to, they, just, they don't go anywhere near it. I know uh, – I think Barry Jackson, like, tried his hardest to, like, kind of 
Rope spell <laughs> and yeah, spoke spo called him out. Spoke called him out. Yeah, spoke's like a pro goalie, man. You can't, he, he, you can't, you can't get past him on that. And uh, I don't really know. I know, like, there was all that stuff. I'm sure you guys all saw, like, people, you know, people were saying on Twitter, oh, they heard it was bad and stuff like that. I don't know. I have no insight on it. I don't know. Where we stand, Vic, I think that if it was season-ending, I think we'd probably know already, even as secretive as the Heat are. I don't think they're going to hold something like that uh, close to the vest. I think that, that would have already just been known just because uh, they probably have already scheduled surgery for something like that. I think the thing with Vic that we do have to keep in mind is he is a free agent. Um, he is coming off an injury that he already was kind of resting. It's it's that same leg that he had the quad issue with. So I do think that it's fair for him to look, get the evaluation, make sure everything's cool because he does have a contract uh, coming up in the offseason. And I think it's going to be a pretty big deal that if, he, uh, if, if this is going to be something where he can't play in the playoffs, he's in the city that he wants to be in. But how much is the Heat going to invest in him if they think he's damaged goods at this point? Um, so I think that's, that's all getting played into this as to why we don't... I don't think this is just a Heat being uh, secretive for secret sakes. I think that, that, that there is layers to this. And I think it, some of it comes from the Oladipo side as well, is that he's trying to figure out for himself, like, you know, how, how much do I want to push this going into a year where... He was obviously hoping to get a max extension or a max new deal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. At this at this point, the only way that Oladipo is getting a max extension or anything close to that is if he comes back, plays, and dominates the playoffs. Uh, I still because, don't think that's happened. That that it, yeah. he's injury prone though. His injury history is crap. But it's because right crap. now, right now, like I said, he's worth a cool fifteen million. Like you went from a max extension possibility. Yeah, yeah, to, I, I, I was guessing twelve million. So you're right on page. Yeah. Yeah, and of, and I don't know, Victor, uh, if he feels he can go. I think he will, because if he wants to make that big money and stay where where he always wanted to be, I think he ultimately needs to show it on court. Needs to show that he can be durable at least during a playoff, and and show that this what happened a couple like a week or so ago was just a fluke and it, it's not going to happen again because he's fine or whatever. That's what he needs to show. So I that's that's also a reason why I see him playing again this year because that if he's going to get that money, he's going to have to play and show it. If he doesn't play yeah. and show it. He's not gonna. Oh, you're right. You're, you're right. You're you're right. You're right. A million percent on that. That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. That's perfect. Like perfect. He's, he's got to show himself. It's his contract year. I think he may have been silly for turning down that deal from Houston, but it is what it is. People do that. You know, like Demarcus Cousins has done that. Like, there's a lot of other players have done that and then got hurt or have injury history and got hurt and, and turned down big contracts because they didn't want to be with those set teams then arrive on the teams they really like. Oh, Isaiah Thomas would be another great example, uh, but he didn't choose to where he went. But it, it's like very good players. They have these big contracts and they get injured and they go to the teams 
And a lot of times they're teams they want to be on and they get injured again. It's like, what do we do? This is a great player, but I mean, a great player, especially on defense and can facilitate the ball alongside Jimmy and be a second facilitator on offense, which is rare, which we do not have because that's not Kendrick or Gora, no matter how much anybody in Heat Nation thinks that is. That's not that. Uh, and so I feel like losing Oladipo really stinks, and I hope we get him back. I, I pray to God every night, like, pray for Depot. That's, that's going to be a new hashtag. Hey, hey, Tobin, instead yep. of GMVP, let's get pray for Depot. Or something along, or something along those lines, you know. It's a workshop. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you mess with it in your head and come out with something, and we'll retweet it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm. I'm still. I'm still hoping for everything to be okay with Old Depot, so he can sign with the Heat next year and be this defensive beast. Because I'm. I'm already working on hashtag Old Depot. And we got him cheap in his bird rights too. So why not? Let's roll. Yeah. And then, you know, one silver lining, though, is that, you know, one thing with the media is that, and it's funny because you joked about this, Tobin, on a recent show, was that they were keeping Goran away from the mic. But lately, yeah. he has been hopping on. I know he mentioned about um how, like, what was it, that, you know, something, um what was it, that Oladipo would have to probably do is wear a neck brace, and it's something that he could play through. So the fact that he didn't really spill the beans about anything bad, you know, similar to what we saw last year <laughs> with Bam and Nunn being out with COVID, I mean, maybe dude is okay. You know, he didn't spill the beans on anything. So Yeah, if something was seriously know. wrong, uh, I think uh, Goran would have told us about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He he can't help himself. He's just too honest. No, he's so like, funny, bro. He just is. If he I'm on, get out of here. Get out of here. He, the thing that's fun, no, like I, I remember that I asked him about the brace because he uh, he had a big fight with the Heat about wearing the brace on his knee because he had a he had a bad knee injury a couple of years back. Um, you know, the year before going to last, and he uh, you know he still isn't super comfortable. Uh, he doesn't love playing with it, but he's just like, you just tolerate it. You just do it now. Um, and so I, I, I think that was just the idea of it, is that if, if Oladipo does come back, they are, you know, big on uh, on wearing braces for your knees. I think Chris Bosh was another one where they wanted to wear braces on his knees and, and uh, you know, go with the section. He loved gear. They loved knee pads. They loved braces. They loved getting all this stuff on, on guys. You know, they used to have uh, – I think fight the white side about wearing like pads during games and stuff like that. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the backstory on on uh, on the whole brace thing, uh, as far as you know if if he's able to go and uh, you know definitely I think Oladipo with a brace would be better than uh, Oladipo at all for sure. Mm-hmm. I just I just I just want to throw this out there. What if what if Lechoke was out of the situation and D Wade played with. Bosh, him and Jimmy. I don't care who the fifth is. It can be Duncan. It can be Hero. It can be Battier. It can be Ray Allen. It can be whoever. But let's say Lechuk just somehow was out of this. That's Lechuk. a terrible. That's a terrible. That's a terrible take. But like, I was just thinking about that when it was. I was like, damn. What? What if Bosh and ba- Bosh and Bam played together? That would be insane. Like. They would be like the two Spider-Mans pointing at each other. <laughs> I mean, this this Heat team right now with Chris Bosh, 
playing the four is a championship theme. Like 100%. there's no doubt about it in my mind. Because 100%. He, he, everybody's saying we need a big that can play defense, that can shoot the three, plays well with Bam. <laughs> and that, that, that's exactly that's describing Chris, Chris Bosh. Yeah. That's an exact, exact description of him. 100%. Yeah. And then Amazing. Like... And then another thing, just, you know, we should most likely win this game, but still let's quickly talk about this upcoming game. We got Heat against the Wolves tomorrow. Um, well, one thing that's funny you brought up, Tobin, earlier was that there's always going to be that Joe Schmo who hops in and they just bowl, they just bowl out against us. And, you know, I, of course, us, you know, whenever we refer to them as, you know, being that type of player, we refer to them as being a random scrub heat killer. So with that, we I got to ask um, real quick, who's going to be the random scrub heat killer tomorrow for Heat and Wolves? <laughs> Oh man, I don't even oh, know if I've watched enough wolves to know who's on their bench. Uh, Jay, I, can only, Jay, I can only I can only name their quote unquote uh their their big do they still have Ricky Rubio? Is he still doing the damn thing with them? Yes, I believe yeah, so. They yeah, they do. Yeah, Rubio will probably drop like thirty on us. <laughs> at least it's not Oh my god. Not, um know. my my vote I got I got Jade McDaniels for five hundred, Alex. I got Jade McDaniels for five hundred. Let's go. Like somebody Jade McDaniels is gonna I, pop off. Watch, watch. I got <laughs> I mean, Yeah, Cap might be out, right? Cap might be out. He was out last game, and Nas Reed and um the the big guys Hernan Gomez or not? I mean, whatever the big guy is. That backs him up. This name sounds like the guy from Charlotte. They were backing him up, and he wasn't there. Towns wasn't. I don't know if he's going to be back next game or not, but I know he was in there last night. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, I, you know, obviously, we're expecting a Heat win. At the same time, this is a Timberwolves team who, in the past, have always played hard against Miami. I don't understand their obsession with us. If How we don't beat the Timberwolves, I'm quitting this podcast. I'm out. <laughs> I mean, how don't be so quick to say that because we can lose to anybody. All right, we if we don't beat the Timberwolves, bro, I don't know how much more gusto I got in me. Because it's been like what 2018 or so? No, not 2018. It's like I don't know. It's been like a couple years now since we last beat them. So let's end that. Yeah, season. they're so salty about Jimmy. <laughs> Three years, uh, Jimmy. Jimmy's in their head, bro. <laughs> yeah, bad they always teammate. want to put out that best effort because they were all criticizing about Jimmy Butler because Jimmy basically criticized all his teammates in Minnesota for lacking effort. So they just they come out and play against the Heat and show the best effort. Yeah, oh, <laughs> Jimmy, I think I think Jimmy might show some effort on one leg against those clowns. <laughs> I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Edwards doesn't know who Jimmy Butler is. They don't know who real Jimmy Butler is. Hey, let me let hey Joel throw a question over to Tubbin real quick because I want to hear his insights. We only have one podcast with him, so let's I uh, want to appreciate and, and, and this the knowledge he has to offer us. Yeah, so Tobin, so this one thing because obviously everyone's panicking because 
this past couple weeks hasn't been easy for Heat fans. Like, obviously losing the past two games, dealing with this tough schedule, too. You know, having to play eight games in 12 nights. Is there any speech you want? Not like a speech, but anything you want to tell Heat Nation just to calm them down? Um. Well, I just think, you know what I really just want? The thing that's really annoyed me about some of the Heat fans um, and I love a lot of them, but holy shit, some of them are so soft. <laughs> like, it really, like, you know, first of all, the, the, I saw, like, something today put out by, like, uh, like Bam was talking about, Bam was asked a question last night about uh, the team's record and if he thought that they were a, a better team than what the record showed. And he said something to the effect of, you know, I do think that we can be a better team. And... People, uh, people just like I, I post, you know, do Zoom calls. And I'm on them, and people are like say, "It's enough time to talk. It's about action." And I'm like, <laughs> "He's literally there to talk. He is not there. He gets fined." So I don't understand why people get so mad at players for answering questions. First of all, they're all very similar questions. <laughs> you know, people who cover the team—they're not asking like these in-depth new things. So, like, what do you want Bam to say? You want him to go on to these press conferences and be like? No, we've been such a huge disappointment all year, and we're never going to get it together. <laughs> uh, like, and then he would get hosed down for, for shitting on his team. I don't understand that from, uh, from Heat fans, who, who also, you know, I, you know, for, and, and I love Bam. Like, I was on, I was on you know, Bam before he blew up because I had, you know, my family was a huge Kentucky fan. So I was, I, you know, I got immediate great reviews when he came to the Heat. And to think what he's done these last couple of years, I think he's just taken what a marvelous leap the guy's taken. And, you know, you still got to remember he's 24 years old, was asked to be, you know, the guy who defends and rebounds and spots for guys. And now is kind of molding into this leader, go-to guy, all that type of stuff. That also still takes time for adjustment. I just feel like people are, are going to this mode where they're really shitting on him over these last couple of games. And I think it's a horrible look for, for the for the Heat fan. I think that you yeah. if you're gonna be pissed at a lot of people this year, you could be pissed at, you know, Tyler's inconsistency, you could be pissed at coronavirus and the the schedule, you could be disappointed <laughs> and Goron Dragic making you know, nineteen million and maybe looking a little bit over the hill. Duncan Robinson taking three, you know, three quarters of the season to, to look like Duncan Robinson again. But, you know, the guy who goes out, who's played every single game, plays through injury, plays you know, hard as hell on both sides of the court, is only 6'9", and people, like, treat him like he's, uh, you know, supposed to be, you know, seven foot three out rebounding everybody. I just think that, like, I just don't get that over the last couple days. I guess it's because he, you know, he, he, he got the big contract, and I get that that's where people's attention goes. But I, I just think that the guy is tremendous, and I don't think he should be shitting on him or, uh, or, or the effort that he gives. You know, like, I do think that there's still got to be, like, a check that, hey, the guy is 24 years old. He doesn't have anybody setting him up uh, on the team. Because they don't have a point guard, as you said, who's uh, who's really facilitate for him, and you have the coach who has to come out in the post. You know, hey, is this guy is one of our best players. So um, that would be my little PSA: is stop being such dickheads to Bam. 
Secondly, <laughs> uh, secondly, it's a two-game losing streak. They've been very inconsistent this year. But don't forget, gentlemen swept the Bucks' ass. You really trust the Sixers? Like, do you really trust the Sixers? Like, really? Let me get this straight. So, Joel Embiid, who had his tears wiped away after, after his, you know, his team got bounced. Ben Simmons, who everybody, everybody in Heat Nation has made fun of for years. Now you're scared of these guys? Like, really? That's, that's what's going to happen? And then the Nets, like, okay, great. You have Kevin Durant. He's on rubber band legs. You got James Harden out here. <laughs> nobody, nobody chokes more than this guy in the playoffs. And then Kyrie Irving, like, Kyrie Irving had another disappearing act when he was in Boston. Congratulations, Kyrie Irving. You hit a clutch shot when it was tied in the finals like six years ago. Bravo to you. <laughs> what have you done without LeBron James? Nothing. One shot. So, One shot. All, that, all that being said is the East can kick rocks. It's there for the taking. And we just got to get through this tumultuous, terrible next 17 games, get into the playoffs, be a, be a 60 to whatever. I'll take the Nets in the first round. I'll take the Bucks in the first round. I'll take the Sixers in the first. I don't care which match it is. I still like the Heat in that series. I'll take Heat five, and the rest of them can all go to hell. <laughs> middle finger, middle, middle finger, oh, middle fingers God. up. That middle was, fingers up. Go Heat. That was, amen. That was great. Joe, can I get an amen? Uh, Joe, man. Amen, everybody. <laughs> amen. Hey, hey, my, my man oh just my put out. He just pulled a Stone Cold Steve Austin on Heat fans. <laughs> I felt like he was drinking <laughs> five beers it. at the same time. <laughs> Holy crap! I love it. That's funny. Good. Yeah, t- yeah, that, that, that was we awesome, love man. You. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I really wanted to touch on this for like one second that you mentioned about Bam. People really yeah. give Bam a hard time, right? He give they give him a really hard time. He just became a full-time starter last season. And that season, they made the NBA Finals. He became a full-time – I'm going to say this again so people can understand. He became a full-time starter one season ago. And he became an all-star in that season. And his team went to the NBA Finals that season. Give the guy a break. I don't understand yeah. this. Perfect. Perfect. Perfect, Clutch. Amen. Again, amen. Yeah, everybody scrutinizes him. I mean, scrutinizes him. He, he shoot. He, he's improved his field goal percentage over the last couple of games. He's still played great defense. He's a focal. He's obviously the future focal point of our offense. But right now, he is still being second fiddle to Jimmy. But he is doing a great job at it. it he just needs to be a little bit more aggressive. I think we're okay. I digress a little bit on my uh, previous talk about us in the in the playoffs. I was just upset. I hope we can get Vic back. Uh, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, this team this team has all the signs of a championship. It's just I just wish we were healthy all the time and we had our whole team together all the time at one point, and then we could see what we really could do. Yeah, Bam, and listen, Bam has been great this season. Like people don't, he just jumped up from a fifteen point per game score this season to a nineteen point per game score. That's a big jump. People don't, it's just four points, but no, that's a lot for a guy like that. And people got to realize, Bam has never, in his adult basketball career, has never been a go, the go-to scoring option. In Kentucky, he sure damn wasn't. Early in his heat career, he sure damn wasn't. We had Dwayne Wade. We had 
other stuff, other players that could do it have drawage. So it's going to take some time. But when the time comes, when he finally gets it, Bam's going to be amazing. So just take it easy. That's, that's all I got to say on that. It was Calipari's part, not including me. He didn't want him to shoot. He didn't want him to run point. He only wanted to dribble handoffs, which is just like what we're running now. And I feel like by us not utilizing him to his full potential, we're kind of mirroring how Calipari used him at Kentucky with not using his skill set as far as running point and being able to do more than dribble handoffs with, with everything else. And I know I know we like Crane's players from Marquette, which is great because I love them too. But I honestly think in rallies from UK too, which I know that's Hero Bam, everybody else. And I'm a Duke fan, so I hated these fools in college. But I love them, and I appreciate what they have to offer. But I just wish we utilized their skill set and talent more than, than we do now. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then – one more thing I want to get on before we close out today's pod. And it's only right we talk about this with you here, uh, Mr. Tobin. And let's talk about none other than the Jim VP propaganda. So, obviously, Jimmy Butler has been bowling out this year. And obviously, you have people who still bring up guys like James Harden and um, Nikola, Nikola Jokic. Yesterday, what was interesting was during the broadcast on Valley Sports Sun, you had this dude, Eric Reed who said that he wanted, he thought that um, Rudy Gobert should be MVP. Um, okay. Yeah, that broke my heart. <laughs> <laughs> like, no one's going to pick me Butler? Like, really? <laughs> we got two, we got two defensive God. players better than we got two defensive players better than the Baguette Bayambo. Like, come on. Like, literally, I was so shocked by that. Like, okay, if they didn't want to pick Jimmy, I mean, that sucked, but okay. But Rudy Gobert, that yo, I had to take a picture of that when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, with that being said, um, so with that being said, so let's talk about it real quick. You know, because we need to get that Jim VP propaganda up and going as much as we can. So we'll start it off with you, Mr. Tobin. Can you just educate, because we do have some non-Heat fans who do listen to this. Can you educate them on why um, Jimmy Butler is the obvious choice for MVP? Uh, Obvious choice is, first of all, he's one of the best two-way players in the game. Everybody gets so dazzled by all this scoring. Ooh, look at James Harden. He's putting up big regular season points. He hasn't been doing that uh, all the time. And then Nikola Jokic, be honest with you. You don't want to get the award, Nikola Jokic. Like, first of all, you got everybody in the league was like, oh, who's going to be MVP? And they're going Joel Embiid, and he couldn't stay healthy. And then it was like LeBron. We got to give it to LeBron. You honestly probably would give it to Giannis if it wasn't uh, if if it, if he wasn't a flaming choke artist last year, <laughs> thanks to Jimmy Butler. So you can't give it to him. And then you're going to do the same story, different different side for James Harden, who wore a fat suit to get out of Brooklyn. So, really, if you start oh. kicking them off the ladder, like, you get to Jimmy Butler. Now, the only thing that is hurting, and it is a horrible thing on this case, is his team's record. But the record with him is very, very good. A lot of that record is a detriment of the fact that he got coronavirus. We are in the corona season. 
So really shouldn't count in my eyes that he's out because of coronavirus, a communicable disease that you never know what corner it's hiding around. Uh, we're going we're gonna to penalize him for this. So all of that being said is, you know the other choices suck. The only guy who I think right now has a, a good argument against him is Nikola Jokic. But nobody really wants to get to Nikola Jokic. You guys, he was like your fifth choice. You guys are everybody's just uh, ending up why be like, ah, I guess we'll give it to Jokic because you know Denver is uh, is, is has got a decent record. But you know, Jokic didn't get the Rona. Jimmy got the Rona. It's so like, you're like gonna punish the guy? just tall. You no, no, you, no, no, You get a good record in the West. You're fat and healthy, tall and out of shape, and then all of a sudden you're in the role for DM. Plus, half of the year. I'm talking about Go, I'm talking about Gobert and Jokic, obviously. And, and 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 both of those guys get to play at high altitude, which is basically like <laughs> you know, Jimmy has to play at sea yeah, level, which is much thing. harder. Yeah, Joe, it, put cheating. that in the title. Put that in the it's, title, Joe. <laughs> it, it's it's just a fact. That's funny. You know, I, I I just think I think we've I think we've just really eliminated everybody and. And really, everybody's got to hop on the Jim VP train. I'm happy that the Heat <laughs> finally got on board. Jim VP. Jim VP. Yeah, were they Jim a couple Jim weeks late? Jim VP. Yeah. Jim VP. They were a couple weeks late, but better late than never. So hop on the chair. Woo! Woo! Hey, Joe, go to your Jim VP with the stuff with Tubman because he's lit. He's the one that started it. He's the innovator. If anybody doesn't know, the <laughs> guest we have in our pod is the innovator of the hashtag MVP, who is the absolute man, Mr. Tubbin. And Joel, the host of the show, you tell him, bro. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> then let's see. And then also another thing to hit on is I feel like not only has Jimmy Jimmy Butler been disrespected in the MVP race, but we got to talk about Bam real quick and the disrespect he's getting. Because Tell me how Rudy Gobert is considered a better defender than Bam. I mean, seriously. Like, Tobin, what do you think about that? I mean, Rudy Gobert's a one-trick pony. Like, nobody likes these centers anyway. They're all getting fossilized out of the sport. Bam's the future of it. And yet, and the other thing that's great about him is no campaigning. You know, we got to do the campaign. These guys won't do it for themselves. Meanwhile, you got Rudy Gobert and Ben Simmons shamelessly begging Rachel Nichols for interviews. I mean, I dare you to bring up the MVP conversation to Drew Butler. He slap you through the screen. It, it, it would never be a thing. You know, that, that, that's the way I like it. Humble and heat culture all the way. And you got you got Rudy Gobert who will cry if he doesn't make the all-star team in front of in front of cameras. Very embarrassing. And then Ben Simmons is sitting up. How many interviews are you gonna do, Ben Simmons? And how many times are you gonna make Doc Rivers say, Oh, I think that Ben Simmons should be the, the defensive player of the year. It's just it's just shameless and embarrassing for both of them. So, yeah, Bam isn't sitting here patting himself on the back, you know, asking, oh, please go vote for me for this award. But you know what it is. If it came down to it and you need somebody to really get you a stop at the end of these games, you're going to go with Ben Simmons, you know, never had an important stop in his life, Rudy Gobert, who gets bounced from big games, or you're going to go with the guy who actually shut down the conference game by himself, stopping one of the best players in the game with his palm, or yeah, you're going to go with the fact that he, yeah, or you're going to go with the fact that he could go and lock your ass up at the at the start possession. Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, all these guys, he's not afraid to go out and, and defend. You know, he's just he's more versatile than them, and it's just it, it, it's just the fact that he doesn't have a, he doesn't have these 
whiny fan bases and, and these begging, pathetic interviews like these <laughs> guys do, going on the jump, please, Ray, please interview me about it. Enough of it, Ben Simmons. I'm tired of his ass. <laughs> that's the best, that's best, best take ever in any Miami stuff. Like, hashtag guess whatever. That's the best one. That's yeah, they, they, they awesome. don't have to do anything, right? Like, the, Bam, Jimmy, they don't have to do anything. <laughs> they just got to be Bam and Jimmy, and they should earn that. They they let their actions speak for them. They don't have to go on these shows and complain, I should be the MVP, I should be the defensive player of the year. Jimmy's averaging his, his – uh, he's averaging a career high in field goal percentage, in rebounds per game, in assists per game, and he's leading the league in steals, and you don't see him bragging about it. You don't. Jimmy just lets his play do the talking. That's why he should be recognized as one of the best. Bam, he doesn't talk about, hey, look at me. I'm so much better than last year. I'm a beast, and I can lock down your point guard. He doesn't do that, right? So that kind of that's the kind of stuff you like to see, guys that let their actions speak for them. And it's awesome that, to have players like that. Amazing. Right. Amazing. So anyways, moving forward, is there anything else you guys feel like we should hit on before we call it an episode? Yeah, I have one thing. I want to ask Tobin, how did you how did you come up with the GMVP? Like, where did that originate from? And how did you turn that into a trend, which is obviously a huge trend here now? And we're grateful to have you in the show also, big time. And it's just very cool being a Heat fan to have somebody – uh, with with your knowledge and with your uh, into uh, whatever with your foresight with how you do this is becoming a trend. How did that happen? Um, I always like to try and get on things before they're a thing because you know it's just. I, I, first of all, sometimes I do it just to make my co-host a little bit crazy. My co-host is uh, Roy Horde, who's uh, mine is too. <laughs> mine's Joe. Mine's Joe Jacob. <laughs> So I like to I like to make him a little bit nutty and 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 come at him with a a, a take that maybe is a little bit homerish, but I also believe in my heart and soul. And then um, the Jim VP thing, yeah, we were just talking. I kind of like went at it on my radio show like it was a presidential campaign because nobody was talking <laughs> about him. And uh, we anou- I announced his candidacy. Leroy thought it was dumb, and I just started just bombarding him with hashtags like during the games just to kind of annoy him and then people were kind of picking up on it with that and then uh you know other people were getting on but you know he was having a really good run it was during i think their six game win streak where it really really was starting to pick up steam and then uh the, the money was when bam dropped it uh during one of the uh, press conferences i was like oh this shit now i said if bam dropping it you're famous boy uh, I was like, all right, we got something here. And uh, you know, I, I wish that the Heat had ran with it right then and there, but they kind of took a couple weeks to do it. Because if they would have, I think like it, it would have had even more steam behind it. But I appreciate that they got all of it like, you know, about that, uh, a couple weeks ago. It's like, Tubman, thank you, bro. Like, you, you started a, a movement that is so strong, regardless of what happens with our season this year. That's a strong movement, and that's a very strong thing. You you even had that GMVP translate into Bam DPO year, like the play defensive player of the year. I've seen that, and 
stuff. So that's just mad cool. Just mad glad to have you here. Thank you for all your takes and stuff. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you. My my guy, yeah, my guy Tobin's had a lot. He's found Duncan. He's found Bam, basically. Uh, Kemp Jordan. He, he he's broke a lot of stuff first. Love to see. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. You're innovative. You're no, you're an innovator. You're a pioneer in this everything. Uh, thank you for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. All right. All right, thank you so much, man. And you know, you're definitely, you definitely need to be in the Miami Heat history books moving forward. They need to have you in there very soon. So we'll submit you in there. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, With that being said, um, so once again, thank you, uh, Mr. Brandon Tobin, for hopping on today's episode. You guys can catch him on Seven Ninety the Ticket on Tobin and Leroy's show. And we'll see you guys next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Heat vs. the World underscore. And we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast.